All right then, welcome to Eagle's Nest 2 Studios. Fox trotting in a foxhole, season five, episode six, number 134 overall. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan here. As always, thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com and Mixler for the tunes we use in the podcast. Shout out to the folks at Road and Zoom for providing wonderful tools for content creation all out land. Big sports Saturday here. A little disappointing as far as the United States men's national team and their quest to win the World Cup. We'll get into a little bit of that later, but conference champion Saturday. A lot of crap happened last night that we still haven't had time to because we were going to record this podcast last night, but we're having too much fun doing other things. So without a doubt, let's get to it. The COVID Chronicles. Well, well, well. What could I talk about this week in COVID land? Because, you know, there's always something to talk about. Well, I think the major theme that I'm always hitting on is that transparency thing. And as I've learned a little bit more and I've become a little bit more advanced in my thinking on this, you know, as far as seeing it from the personal angle. You know, when you think about people who are good at hiding concussions, even they're getting better at being able to detect that, you know, with the specialist. But I sit there and think, you know, if protocols have been loosened and I did come up with it, would I let it be known? Especially like in an individual sport. And why I say that? You know, the big news this week is that Rory McIlroy believes he gave it to Tiger Woods during the week of the British Open, which means obviously they got it, got over it, competed. Nobody knew about it. Um, There's a situation with uh, the Denver Nuggets where, you know, the Joker and I think maybe two, three, maybe even four players had it. So they kind of a mini outbreak. And this, you know, the season's, you know, white. Six weeks old, never heard a thing about that. So I I just find it interesting week to week. I know it sounds like a dead horse. I'm talking about this all the time. But how it's just really almost gotten CIA-like in terms of people divulging stuff. And, you know, with Rory and Tiger, you know, the opens in July, we're only hearing about this in the first week of December. Um... As far as folks, how about Al Michaels, I guess? He's been in quarantine health safety protocol for the last two Thursday night football telecasts, I believe. And, you know, it makes me wonder because, once again, he's in health safety protocol. Did he get the coronavirus exposed, taking precautions because he's older? We never know. I mean... Like Lee Corso, what was that all about? Man, I know he's had some issues, but you always wonder in this day and age, or at least I know I do. Okay, how about Jeremy Lin? When was the last time we talked about Lin's sanity? Well, good grief. So he's playing in the Chinese Basketball Association, or whatever it's called, because I think there's multiple leagues, right? In in that large country. He was fine for making disparaging comments 
regarding a COVID-19 quarantine uh, facility that apparently they had to stay at or were working out at. They're like, man, you need to shut your mouth and we're going to make you light in the pocket, which I guess is better than being Brittany G and getting incarcerated. Yeah. Okay. Another thing that's kind of interesting as far as, you know, speaking of China, another week large of large-scale protests when it comes to, you know, these COVID lockdowns and, you know, some of the uh, confinements at some of the facilities, and maybe that's why Lynn was making disparaging remarks. I don't know. Should read more into it. But yes, another week of hardcore protests against, you know, the restrictions, lockdowns. And when the Chinese government is basically... Response is, okay, we're going to accelerate the vaccine process so we can start lifting restrictions and start easing uh, some of the lockdowns. And I'm like, well, okay, three years into it, and now you're accelerating the vaccination process? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, you can't make this stuff up. Another thing. As far as China is concerned, apparently it's official now that F1 will not be making a return to China due to the ongoing crisis in that country. I should say anytime soon. You know, with the lockdowns and restrictions, it just doesn't make sense to have a race over there and have people want to go there. Even though they say the country's opening up somewhat a little more. I know it's all confusing to me. You have an idea? F-T-I-N-F-X at Gmail. You know, send me, you know, a line. You want to be on one of the podcasts? Sponsor, you know. You know the drill. Okay. What else can I tell you as far as COVID land goes? Um, should we be concerned that 35 million folks, of only 35 million folks have, re- have received the, the, the updated boosters or even got the second shot, which I know out of a population of 300 plus million, that is kind of concerning, especially since we're easing, or we have been, you know, for the last year and a half, easing out of where we were, you know, at the heights of the pandemic. And I was just reading this great article about December last year compared to December this year. Remember last year, how the NFL still grappling, moving games around to accommodate teams that had, you know, that, that, that had outbreaks. You know, that's how the Washington football team beat the Steelers, basically. And anyway, and that's also why that same Washington team didn't make the playoffs because the hero Taylor Haneke came down with COVID, the whole quarterback room, and we popped that guy off the street. Uh, we're, like, so far removed from that a year later. Um, yeah, it, you know, I got sidetracked there, but yes, I think it is very concerning. Folks, if you have the opportunity, get boosted, all that stuff, you know. Stay safe, as we always like to say. Um, you know, it just makes me wonder. And by the way, I guess, you know, Bubba got it again. And I don't mean Bubba Watson, I mean Powdus Bubba, that's right. Bill Clinton. And I believe this is the second or third time that he's come down with covid Begs the question, how come Hill never gets it? <sighs> Must be tough as nails. It's like, <laughs> so many things you could unpack there. But hey, Perez, get well soon. So do we think some of these COVID implementations that we've seen will become permanent? And I was just wondering about that. It's obviously a cold snap out here in the West, out West. 
and uh, you know some of the outdoor dining and you know some of the habits that we've picked up. You know, obviously, you know the changes that have happened in college sports probably aren't going to be rolled back, and it makes me wonder: or you know, some of these thing, implementations and habits going to be permanent? And I think it's going to be interesting over the next two years or so. You know, provided that we don't really have a wicked outbreak you know, or some kind of some variant of Omicron, you know, makes it where we have to lock down again. But, you know, that's probably not that's probably unlikely. OK, lastly, which I always love saying something like this, you know, study came out. I was reading about this on NBC.com, I believe, or maybe have been CNN.com about teens brains as teens brains age faster during the pandemic, perhaps due to stress. Hmm. I saw that, I'm like going, wow, you guys should give me a grant for these kind of studies. And I would have had to have like done a sample size. I could have told you that. Gee, I mean, when you're talking about, you know, in my lifetime, you know, and I'm pretty long on the tooth, this is the biggest crisis that, that had ever faced us, you know, where our country was kind of locked down. And, you know, as somebody who actually had it himself and didn't know were they ever going to survive, I can only imagine, you know, the trauma and, you know, the maturity that kind of probably happened overnight for a lot of these youths. So I don't know if that's, if this study is telling us anything profound. All right, folks, we will be back on the other side of the 43K view. Okay, welcome back to Fox Trying in a Foxhole, Season 5, Episode 6, 134 overall. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan here, kicking back at the lounge at Eugene Airport, getting ready to board the Gulfstream 650. No adult beverages, far too many of those last night, you know, watching some hoops, Pac-12 championship and some late-night Sopranos. So we'll stick to, you know, Maybe a smoothie, something soft, <laughs> and get into the energy drinks. Be some adult beverages probably in the afternoon, though. Anyways, let's take a high view over campus. So what was the big thing last week? Obviously, Michigan mauling Ohio State in the horseshoe. Two years in a row, and the Harbaugh Love Fest running amok all week long. Isn't it funny how, what is it, maybe two, three years ago, he was cut, it seemingly about to be ran out of Ann Arbor, kind of looking to see if some NFL team would give him full control of the NFL giggle, and he kind of went back to Ann Arbor, basically like saying, well, you still love me? Well, Fast forward a couple of years, the answer must be yes. But all this talk about him moving into the elite. Um, you know that movie Richard Pryor? Uh, which way is up? Have you seen that? All-time classic. As far as that goes, I think it's a little bit dated at this point, but he had a particular line 
And if you know what that line is, that's how I feel when it comes to Harbaugh. Man, you gotta taste some champagne before we can even start talking about putting you in an elite class. Yeah, getting able to get to the CFP. But come on, man. Stop it. As far as the NFL, yeah, the apologists. Oh, that pass interference on Crabtree should have been called. It wasn't. 49ers didn't win. Kaepernick didn't win that Super Bowl. Blah, blah, blah. The other Harbaugh did. So, come until you deliver. Yes, you've been successful, but so effing what? Okay? TCU, who is in trouble right now, down a touchdown with Kansas State playing toughest when we near the end of the half. They put up 62 points. So, as long as they don't wet the bed here, they should be playing in the CFP. But as we've said, and the more I talk, and we'll find out. But let's get through what happened last week. Bama's sitting on the edge, wins the Iron Bowl. They're lurking. Ohio State's lurking as well. Clemson and LSU dropped the ball. What can I tell you? And they're on the outside looking in as far as I'm concerned. Either one of them. You know, I think, especially in the case of LSU, Jimbo Fisher was a same little bit of face, wouldn't you say? And I think the other thing that I thought was interesting is, how about FSU, which had a three-game losing season? When I say FSU, we were talking about the Florida State Seminoles. Hi, Willie Taggart. <laughs> they got heavy 93. It's not bad, considering the damage that man and others did to that program. It's good to see that they're back. Okay, let's talk Pac-12. Lot, lot to unpack here. Insane amount to unpack here. First, Oregon State, you know, and Jonathan Smith, who this week got the praise he deserved from many in the national media and the talking heads doing the rounds. A job well done, taking care of Oregon in an epic civil war. When you look at Oregon, who had a 31 to 10 lead at one point, and an Oregon State team that completed, what, six passes? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Duck fan who, you know, punched the, you know, the Duck player who punched, you know, the kid, ugly scene there. I put that more on the conference. And, you know, Oregon State actually, I mean, people have asked me, well, what could they have done? Like, you think about these things in the week ahead of time. There has to be something we can do to let people just a moment. And I think it's it's on Oregon, too. They're like, hey, if we don't win this game, we got to get our kids off the field as quickly as possible. You know, right? Because we don't want it. Because I've been, I've been, since this podcast has began, have I not been emphasizing something ugly is going to happen? I mean, that's ugly, but I, I can see things are going to get uglier as time goes on, especially as the competitions and the stakes get higher, where you're going to see a full-on melee at one of these you know, court, court or field storming scenes, and somebody's going to get hurt real bad. So something that we continue to, I think, improve and work on, conferences, schools, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously... You know, the, the fines, it's, you know, that, that, that's, that's tip money. It's for, with the, if you're a Power 5 conference, the kind of revenue coming in. So that's not necessarily hitting them where they need to be. 
But it's, it's an issue that we're always keeping an eye on, and I guarantee you something ugly is going to happen down the road. Uh, I think the Duck fan base that got a little bit on landing and the coaching staff being a little petulant. You know, year one, nine and three is not too shabby when you consider guys like Saban and others were, you know, six and five, seven and five in their first year were going on to success. Um, you know, I'm one of these people when it comes to that particular game, coaches, you know what I think. I know you're not listening to me. Stop going for it on your side of the 35. To me, the risk does not, you know, it, 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 it outweighs the reward a lot of times because you're not guaranteed even if you get a first down, you're going you're gonna to store You might get stopped. But you know this, like Oregon has had twice going for it on your own 30. It's bitten them in the boo-boo, and I mean bitten them to like a bear trap on your ass. Stop doing it, coaches. It's idiotic. Trust your defense. Work on the depth of your ghast. All right. Let's not get too crazy over here. So, you know, the Trojans handled their business beating Notre Dame. You know, right? But last night, I told you we were having the adult beverages and sitting by the fire. Second half, the Utes, like they did Oregon last year, took them to the woodshed. It's too bad the Utes always find a way to screw things up in conference and they don't get the chance to be in the CFP. They're not CFP material, in my opinion. But what was I telling you all season about USC? Everybody waving the pom-poms, smiling at the girls in those sick white sweaters that'll never, that'll always be timeless. I mean, they got taken to the woodshed in the second half. No, I really haven't had time to unpack all of it and had a chance to get some analysis because, you know, we had the World Cup this morning. We'll probably talk more in depth about SC not getting it done. Pretty much, it was handed on a platter for them to get to the CFP. And what do they do? They go, Brother Budo, we don't want it. And Utah, like Oregon last year, loses to, I mean, USC, like Oregon last year, loses to the Utes twice. And their dreams of national championship splendor go up in flames. David Shaw steps down at Stanford. It makes you wonder, did he do this on his own? Because he's a good guy and beloved. But, you know, there's no, as I've been saying since the beginning of this podcast, not a lot of energy surrounding that program. So therefore, and I also feel that you know, their proximity to Silicon Valley and some of the more prominent alumni, could they be the next school to use NIL and the transfer porter portal to turn it around on a dime like SC did? But let's keep in mind with SC, what did we learn about these teams that can turn it around and throw money? Yeah, you can get some wins and look, you know, like a, you know, you can have the body, but underneath it's just a kick. Still work in progress. And that's kind of how I feel about, you know, USC. And I think Stanford has that kind of potential. But, you know, I thought USC was a paper tiger. So I was telling friend of the show, Alec Ford, this morning, you know, via text, not that all year long. So, but I'm kind of curious to see A, who Stanford hires, and B, you know, do, or, or can they tap up the Silicon Valley and attract some talent? 
but it's gonna be a, it's a multi-year project, folks. You're not seeing somebody walk in here with what with with a bunch of transfer transfers and and throwing some money at them, and you're gonna win and get the CFP in year one. SC just proved that. You can make as SC and Tennessee also proved you can make a lot of inroads in year one, but I'm still gonna stick to the belief that I don't know if you can go from chicken, you know what to CFP material in one year. We shall see as time moves on. Speaking of, um, the CFP heading into this weekend, going to be some topsy trophy depending on results. But we went into the weekend with Georgia, the aforementioned Wolverines who took care of Ohio State, the aforementioned TCU in the third spot who are on the ropes right now. USC was for, that ain't going to be anymore. And then Bama and LSU. And this segues nicely into the next part of the conversation. You know, the Rose Bowl trying to flex and kind of holding out in terms of where they are in the pecking order. And I sort of get that in terms of, hey, man, it's, we're the granddaddy. You need to treat us with respect. And people are like, dude, you're holding up what? You know, what we need to do to get this thing going by 24. I still say 23. But yes, it's official with, with, with the 12-team playoff of the Rose Bowl in, you know, the fold. It's supposed to happen in 2024. But I still say there's enough chaos that can, that can happen here last night starting into today. By the end of today, where the cry is to get this thing going next year. What is the point of waiting other than maybe letting these conferences finally align the way they want to be? You know, maybe it needs. we need another year of selling the dust there. I don't know. I still believe there's no reason for this thing not to happen in 2023. It's like, what the hell are y'all waiting for? Um, okay. As far as the coaching, you know, carousel goes, it is that time of year. It's moving time. And usually not for the right reason. As I was saying, hi, Willie Taggart. CWT fired again. Damn, Willie. Uh, you would have gotten fired at Oregon, so because you can't get your boy, coach your way out of a paper bag. But yeah, getting run out of Florida State. And then, what was that? Uh, FAU. Man. Mr. Fickle leaves Cincinnati for Madison. Probably a nice move for him at this point. And Madison is in need of a reboot. Especially now the stakes are getting higher and what could be a very competitive Big Ten if the SC-UCLA thing actually happens, which is always up for debate. Speaking of the aforementioned Ducks, their offensive coordinator, hot candidate, Kenny Dillingham, I'm going home, as he said in the interview, going to ASU. Nice move for him. And then Esther Lanning will have to go out and find himself another high-profile coordinator. Um, big news in Las Vegas with Mr. Arroyo. Even though, you know, I thought, you know, he made a great turnaround. They've got higher aspirations. And not getting in a bowl, and then they got 5-7. and seven. He was 7-24. and 24. Uh-uh. There isn't going to be patience for that, especially when the dust settles. UNLV could be a big benefactor in either the Big 12 or the Pac-12. So they need to get the lights turned on immediately <laughs> as far as that goes. So I'm not surprised. I am surprised that Hugh Freeze gets the Auburn job. 
given that it's tawdry pass. But hey, the guy gets it done. And that's why I feel Chucky will be back in the frame, speaking of UNLV. Wouldn't be surprised Urban Meyer. Nobody cares at this point. There are no morals. I've been saying that for a while. So, and with Hugh Freeze getting the Auburn job, there, there you go. Kind of interesting to see Trent, Trent, <laughs> Trent Dilfer. Yeah, that Trent Dilfer. Super Bowl champion Trent Dilfer. Fresno State alum and wonderful analysis. I'm from pro football getting a head coaching job. What are we, What is this telling you? We have Saturday. Trent Dilfer. I think these owners are looking around and saying, why don't I give this guy a shot? He's knowledgeable, has good, you know, eye for talent, or at least assessing. Maybe this guy can run my program, and I wonder if you're going to see more of that. Might be bad in terms of diversifying the coaching ranks and a lot of people who are putting time in and countering all the stuff I've been saying about training people up for these particular positions. But yes, I get this weird sense that you're going to see more uh, folks, you know, who play the game and, you know, can relate getting opportunities. And the coaches look around, and especially if these two can be very successful at it. Keep an eye on, on both Saturday and Trent Drofer moving forward. Wow. Okay. Dion on Dion. Where is he going to land? I know the Colorado job's out there, but he's probably just like going, man, they don't take football seriously. A bowler, come on. I thought Arvin would have been a good fit, but hey, you know, they took a safer choice and go in with Mr. Hugh Freeze. So I don't know where Dion ends up. I'm curious. Maybe he even ends up in the NFL. Another one of these situations. He's obviously shown, you know, that he can get it done, especially, you know, doing it at an HBCU. Yeah. Okay. And wow, we're, we're cranking through this segment here. Just did a little, all kinds of time here. Um, transfer portal. What can we expect? As the floodgates open up once again. You saw the kid up the road who got hurt, Nolan, for OSU. He's there. A lot of people that are just grown, like saying, well, this isn't what I signed up for. And now in the new world, you can say, F it. I'm out of here. I'm out of 5,000. Or somebody can call you and go, yeah, you know, homie didn't treat you like you should. You know, we got some greenbacks and some other incentives. Why don't you come down to Lexington and play with us? So, yeah, it's going to be interesting now that this transfer portal and NIL has got a little seasoning. And, you know, I think, I'm not going to say sinister, but we'll just say aggressive and competitive ways people can go about this. Stay tuned there. Okay, let's do a quick hoops before getting out of here. Like I said, this has been an extended segment. Flying high. Maybe we're just enjoying that, you know, the comforts of the Goldstream 650. How about Phi Slamma Jamma revisited? Houston takes the number one spot in hoops for the first time since 83, when you had a Akeem Abdul-Olajuwon, as he was known then, Clyde the Glide, Benny Andrews, and all those cool cats. Great documentary. Check it out if you haven't seen it. As far as on the court, top five Baylor got smoked by Marquette. I think it was 26 points. I believe it was on Tuesday night. The other night, the conference opener, those damn youths once again causing all kinds of trouble. 
taking down number four, Zona. Over on the ladies' side, you got number one, South Carolina. Really impressed by UCLA. They were down by like 10, 12 points in the second half. But as usual, they show why they are the dominant pro program in college, women's college basketball right now. So nicely done. They remain at number one. Okay, folks, that was a lot to, to process. Can't wait to even get to next week because there's so much data, so much going on. Another wonderful day of sports. We'll be back on the other side with something interesting. Look, it's a weird spam today. I wonder if all you folks are too, you know? Make all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so it is time for something you should probably know, right? Or things that happen in the sports world you might care about that happened this past week. What can I tell you about our world? Okay. Tiger Speaks, you know that Tiger who got $15 million for, you know, being the, the highest impact person in the sport, at least the PGA aspect of it, even though you only played nine rounds in 2022. But he is, if you remember the old E.F. Hutton commercials, when Tiger Speaks, people listen. And, you know, he had a lot of it. He was, uh, you know, covered a bunch of topics. Mainly, he will play in the majors, you know, Forbid it. He was supposed to play in that one event, but the plastic fasciitis kicked in. So, but he plans on, you know, playing in the majors and trying to compete. He feels when it comes to live that they need to get rid of Greg Dorman before conversations can happen. And it's just like, and if you're the shark, you're just like, that's why that's why they brought me in here. Um. Yeah, I don't think getting rid of Norman's the is is the issue. I just think you know you money folks need to sit the, sit at the table and figure out how you can coexist. And if you can't coexist, there's still enough money out there where you two can be your own distinct entities. I mean, this all this idea that you have to come together is more of I think a fear of the PGA that is going to see a lot of its top flight players eventually just say you know what. Yeah, it may be morally reprehensible to participate in that tournament. But as I've told you on this podcast many times, kind of, we start talking about things that are morally reprehensible. Coming from the American side, I'll let you think about that one. <laughs> okay. So, well, big news. Talking about it with friends of the show, I was next, next door neighbor in E G in one. About you know he he's a big fan of the Timbers and Thorns and you know has some connections over there. Anyway, you know the bad behavior narrative that we're always speaking of and how it affected the Thorns and Timbers. Well, it is official now that Mr. Paulson will be selling the Thorns now that you know. 
He's not going to sell the timbers. This, at least for now. He's going to hold on to the timbers, but the thorns. Coach obviously resigned, and, and there's a lot more than that. We'll probably get into more detail next week as far as that goes. We just wanted to point out that the thorns are up for sale, new ownership. Be curious if it's local as far as PDX is concerned, or will it be outside money? Who is going to step up and buy the thorns? You know, we'll have the details when they drop. What else could I got for you? Oh, yeah. Remember I told you about that betting scandal as far as mixed martial arts are concerned? Well, I guess it was dropped this week that uh, there's a particular coach. I think his name is James Krause. And any of the fighters who've been involved with him will be banned from participating in any MMA competitions until we can figure out what kind of chicane was going on. Another thing we'll be keeping an eye on as the weeks come up. Let's see, what else do we have here? Oh, yeah, let me get to this one. How about the brawl, the, the brawl I would like to see? Now, you know about Argentina beating Mexico in the World Cup, or I'll tell you about it in a couple of minutes. When they played, in the celebration, apparently, uh, Leo Messi was disrespectful to Mexico, may have, you know, did something with a flag. I don't know, but Canelo says, hey, man, he better, he better hope I don't get my hands on him. Now, come on, Canelo, you would destroy Messi. But what I would love to see is the Messi fanboys and the Canelo fanboys going at it in a parking lot somewhere. That would be the brawl I would want to see. Yeah, I know. Silly Saturday, folks. This is what I can come up with. Uh, how about that AB? <laughs> Antonio Brown. Want to buy the law again? Why, some kind of battery charge? Yeah, you know, here's the thing when it comes to Mr. Brown. I think maybe he should be locked up for a bit. Because otherwise, somebody is going to light him up for his antics. You know, and maybe somebody in the, in the clique was just shipping him. I don't know, but I just don't think it's going to end well for him if he keeps this nonsense up. How about Sierra? And I mean Sierra as in Sierra Russell Wilson. We all know how Russ isn't cooking in Denver. But anyway, she threw a birthday party, you know, invited the whole team, and large numbers of them didn't show up. <laughs> I'm like, tells you how things are going, and his real contract with them doesn't even kick until next year. You saw that little dust up on the sideline. Yeah. Sorry, Sierra. I'm sure you weren't happy with a paltry tryout at Russ's birthday party. Jeez. As the fish song says, Wilson, I must inquire. But instead, are we having fun yet? <laughs> Okay, we know that, that this weekend, Mr. Watson, Deshaun, will be returning. And so he faced the media this week, and per usual, had nothing to say. Apparently, the lawyer for all the accusers, the accusers are making sure they attend the game. So this is going to be some weird circus we get to talk about next week. <laughs> oh, man. I know. It's that time of the year where there's no boxing, MMA, golf, or F1 to talk about. So we're almost taking it tabloid style to fill in this week as far as that goes. And so I got to like 
In that vein, I gotta comment on Ye's claim that CP3 and Kimmy K were making time between the sheets. Yeah, I know, Tawdry, but it's like, wow, if that's, I mean, we know Ye is on, is on tilt, so take what he says for a grain of salt, but if that is true, good grief, CP3, what is with all you brothers and your obsession with that woman and that family? I mean, you could probably put an all-star team in multiple sports when it comes to the famous athletes that they've dated, did whatever with. Wow. Okay. Lastly, who was Liver King? And why the hell is he all of a sudden in my timelines? And why am I supposed to care about him copying the steroids? Look at him. I'm like... Steroids, that ain't the only thing illegal that guy is feasting on. All right, we somehow got through that segment a little more comedy than usual. We'll be back with the NBA B on the other side. slow on the controls today. All distractors, all kinds of stuff just popping up all over the place. It's just one of those weird kind of days. Okay. But, since we're blasting through this while watching a multitude of things, obviously gotta shift my focus and get back to the World Cup here shortly. But let's start with some NBA beat while we're waiting to do that. First up, you have to wonder about this Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert experiment that the Timberwolves basically mortgaged a good part of their future. Well, cats on the shelf for four to eight weeks, and then you see uh, stat lines like Gobert had the other night where it was, what, nine points and six rebounds? It's just like, yeah, you gotta think the Timberwolves, after last year's promising finish, and then, you know, shuffling things up, what am I seeing? Like with the KG Timberwolves, you have one moment of brilliance and then a lot of mediocrity. And, you know, right in line like that era, this era is probably going to go the same way. Yeah, they're 11-11 right now. See, things getting a lot worse with Carl Anthony Towns out of the lineup for an extended period. And what a week for those sometimes lousy-ass Lakers, sometimes intriguing Lakers. Well, we can tell you that they blew a 17-point lead on Monday night at home and lost to a Pacer team that is probably better than a lot of us thought they would be. However, 80 flexing, I think it would be really bad, you know, this week. But of course, what do they do? They beat the Blazers, and then they beat the Bucks last night. 80 balling out. They're, what, 9-12 and 12 right now? So let me hold off on completely, you know, being a party pooper like everybody else's when it comes to the Lakers. They're showing some life. I mean, he fucking Russ, back-to-back -back buzzer beaters. I mean, that guy can't even, find the, can't even find the front side of the rim. I saw him popping the other night. I think it was against the Blazers. Whew. Yeah, I know, right? Then you've got Luka. 
having a 41, 12, and 12 win. I mean, numbers, you know, 41 points, 12 boards, 12 assists, the triple dub when they beat Golden State. You know, who's always up and down, obviously. Draymond making a lot of news this week as far as him possibly being traded, how long he wants to play. Not Christmas yet. I just think the dubs are, are, are unfocused. They'll be fine. Mavericks, like, I'm kind of wondering about them, right? Because, you know, they're 10 and 11, along with the Heat, 10 and 12. We're not at Christmas yet, but it's getting to a point where you wonder about those teams. Are they are they playing material? And, can, and, they, and if they are that, can they fight their way in to have a chance? I say in both cases, if that's true, uh-uh. Even even what when Jimmy Buckets gets back and all that kind of stuff, or gets back to being, you know, Jimmy Buckets. Hmm. Okay. What else do we have as far as the NBA beat goes? You know, Mr. Booker. Speaking of, you know, in the in the Kardashian Jenner woman loop, man, he has 51 on Wednesday night on 20 of 25 shooting. Does not play the fourth quarter. Remember, this cap put up 70 a while back. If there's somebody to, like, challenge, you know, Kobe's 81, ain't nobody going to pull a will and get 100. So don't even, let's not even go there. But I think, you know, Kobe's 81. This guy, we'll see. The same night, Jason Tatum went for 49, by the way. And I believe the same night as well, Zion went 33-10. and 10. And uh, this is and the Pellas were able to beat the Raptors. I don't think um, Brandon Ingram or CJ plays. So, yeah, you got to think that Mr. Zion's starting to come along. And another disturbing, you know, trend that we're starting to see: the whole interaction with the refs and players and you know coaches. I mean, I know different sport, but you see Jerry Stackhouse come after the ref the other night, jaw getting tossed. We're getting, you know, verbally, you know, with a, I guess he was being verbally abusive and said the ref was being verbally abusive. And I forget who it was where it was almost a big dust up where the referee called a player a punk ass bitch, I believe it was. Yeah, you know, there's some weird stuff going on there. I mean, the whole thing with like Jerry Stackhouse, I found that to be extremely kind of disturbing. And, you know, when I talk about, the whole thing with earlier about people storming the field and the players and that kind of stuff. I'm starting to wonder, are we going to see a brawl between players and referees? You know, we almost saw it in the World Cup. <laughs> and, you know, the situation with Jaw, Jerry Stackhouse, all I'm getting at, it's getting very heated there. And there may have to be some mediation or we're going to have some trouble there as well. It just seems that it's really amped up here in the last month or so, especially in basketball. As we say, always things we'll keep an eye on. Um, okay, you know, let's talk about the Bucks here real quick. I know they lost to the Lakers, but I feel like they're kind of lurking and they got Chris Middleton back. And I got to think getting Chris Middleton back is really going to elevate their chances as far as being able to do what they did, you know, what, two seasons ago, basically, winning a championship, and nobody talks about them, and they get stronger and stronger all the time. Um, okay. Now, 
in terms of going south, or how should we say, you probably are who we thought you were all along. The Jazz at 13 and 11, and Portland at 11 and 11. Great stories in November, but now it's December, and maybe reality's sitting in, and maybe all that work you did when you should have been playing for, you know, Mr. Wonder Kid, 7-4, I could do everything. It's like supposed to be on TV yesterday. Then it's like, oh, you can get the, if we can watch you on the NBA app. I'm like, NBA TV, ESPN, get it together so we can see Mr. What is it? Wambayana? Anyways, the Wonder Kid who's the biggest prospect since LeBron. Yeah, I think Portland, Utah. Why? Be playing candidates when you could have a shot at this guy. I don't know. Call me crazy. Call me nuts. Is it me or was there a lot of poster dunks this week? I mean, how many times is Nurk going to get posterized? You know, Nurk who plays for the Blazers. But there's a lot of poster dunks. Even in that game, that dunk that kid from the Blazers had on the Lakers. So, I saw at least... Five, six poster dunks. I mean, pe- I mean, people just getting posterized. They wake up at three or four in the morning, seeing how bad they're getting abused. All good stuff. All right, folks. Little light as far as the NBA beat. You know, got to balance it out given how fat and long that uh, our our view over campus is. Anyhow, always love folks tuning in. Tell your friends. You know, we're gonna keep rocking. We keep promising good things. Anyhow. TCU is still in trouble, by the way, trailing by four just to get that timestamp going here. We'll be back with some Nightfall Diamonds and some NHL stuff on the other side. Kinds of distracted today, kind of watching this Kansas State TCU getting really tight 21 17 late. Messi scoring a goal for Argentina, exciting stuff there. All right, time for some night full of diamonds in the ice rink of life. Huh. Let's see, cut down some of that surface noise here. Let me pause this, we have to make an adjustment. All right, all kinds of stuff going on here. People getting new scooters and World Cup and Big 12 Championship. Yes, fun morning over here in the nest. Fortunately, when we talk about the Nightfall of Diamonds in the NHL, we start off with a somber note. The legendary Gaylord Perry passes away at 84. A Hall of Famer in, you know... When it comes to <laughs> cheating and chicanery and all that kind of stuff, you know, one of the masters at it. You know, we always have conversations about what you can get away with. You know, as a pitcher, the guy became notorious to whatever it means. You know, one of the colorful characters, you know, played with quite a few teams. You know, fortunate to remember him at the tail end of his career. 
But yeah, you know, his brother Jim also duly departed. But our condolences go out to his family and fans. You know, baseball definitely lost a colorful character in Gaylord Perry. Okay, what else have we got? Well, MLB acknowledges that PED testing has resumed. And you know what? Of the 1,027 samples that were taken last season, none were positive for HGH at the major league level. I found that to be very interesting in a year when somebody hit 61 home runs and hit 311, or 62 home runs, excuse me. No versions being cast, but just some of the stuff I saw, but hey, maybe it is legit, or there's something else going on. They haven't figured out how to test for it yet. Only time will tell. We hope it's just a case of we're just evolving. Willing to be the benefit of, give these guys the benefit of the doubt and not be so cynical, especially, hey, there's no HGH positive test. Good job, folks. Okay. The rich obviously keep on getting richer as Houston signs Chicago White's Chicago White Sox first baseman Jose Abreu, the 2020 AL MVP and 2014 Rookie of the Year, to a nice deal. Man, as I said, the rich keep, keep getting richer and richer. Um, and not to be outdone in the state as the Rangers needing to make a splash. They signed Mr. DeGrom. Whether or where he would land, now we know he's going to be deep in the heart of Texas as the Rangers try to finally live up to all that potential we've been missing out on all the years. In other news, as far as the White Sox are concerned, they didn't stand pat. In fact, they signed COVID Clevinger. Remember him back in the days? All the crazy stuff. And that's why I call him COVID Clevinger because he got in trouble for going out in the town and catching COVID and all that other kind of stuff. stuff. I think that's how the story went. But he is going to be on the south side with the White Sox moving forward. Speaking of Aaron Judge, said, don't get me wrong, folks. I have, not, I, mean, I have said some things, but, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm glad he bet on himself. And that 30 is going to get a very good payday. In fact, the Yankees have offered him $300 million to stay put. And he's probably saying, that's pretty good. But try 375, mofos. Yeah, great place to be in betting on yourself and having suitors like the Giants who say money's not an issue. You know it's not going to be with the Dodgers, the Padres, even the, even the, you know, all these West Coast teams seeing he as a West Coast kid. And the Mets are still a possibility. Now with uh, Mr. DeGrom out of the mix, <laughs> more money for Mr. Cohen to throw around. Uh, it's just going to get funnier when it comes to AJ. An interesting development that came up this week. The Dodgers apparently in the mix with Verlander. I thought, you know, in the same thing with Judge, given their postseason failures, a team known for its postseason failures, could that be a good mix? And as a fan put my fan hat on, I'm thinking I would be cool getting Verlander. Somebody tells me Verlander would be a great addition, especially getting over the hump. He's got to figure out the success that they've had. Maybe he adding him to the mix. Why not try it? If he's available, you certainly got the cash to do it. Okay, let's flip the switch here real quick. 
obviously you're gonna bust. Oh wait a minute! Before I flip to the the ice rink of life, did somebody offer Trey Turner? Yes, that Trey Turner, Nationals now Dodgers frame a three hundred million dollar contract. I missed one thing offering somebody like Mookie the big bucks. And don't get me wrong, I love my man's game. You know, he's got one of the prettiest slides, got a great stick. But what I've seen in recent postseasons tells me you can't give that mofo $300 million. Come on! He's not a mofo. I, I actually like him. That's kind of harsh. But you know what I'm saying. $300 million for that guy? That guy? AJ? Sure. That's box office. Mookie, yeah, he's delivered. Turner, you know, he's a good player. I just don't know if I want him at that number. Anybody. But somebody out there is probably going to pay it. I forget who, apparently, and obviously he hasn't signed yet. And if he has, I'm truly out of the loop. Okay, let's flip it over to the ice rink of life. So Vegas is already out looking around. If you go to one of the sports books, at plus 450, the abs are repeat, are favorites to repeat. And I say, hmm, aren't the Devils and the Bruins just cooking it up, serving all that jumping jambalaya? Are we so sure that the abs are the, the favorite to repeat? Right now, I put my money on either the Devils or the Bruins, especially the Bruins. And that team in Vegas ain't looking too bad either. Okay. The Kraken and the Kings combining for 17 goals. Really? 9-8 overtime was the final score. The Kraken winning. 17 goals. <laughs> what, did y'all go out and party that night and decide? Oh, yeah, I ain't defending. Seattle with two big overtime wins this week, and they're number two in the West. Can they keep it up? Because so far, yes, it's not Christmas, but that's a hell of a story, and we would love to see, you know, some excitement here. I don't think Kraken Fever has hit the Northwest like it can, but if they keep this up, it most certainly will. Okay, lastly, big conversation this week is, I mentioned, you know, maybe they were listening to me about Mr. Ovechkin not getting enough love for his achievements. And now all of a sudden the conversation comes up. Can he cash Gretzky? And, you know, I'm thinking with people playing late, because what, Gretzky, I think Ovechkin's like 793, and I forget Gretzky's uh, 894. So, yeah, he's going to have to score... I think he, he can play three more seasons, so yeah. There's no reason for me not to believe he's not going to score, you know, 25 to 40 goals every year he plays. I do believe if he wants to, why not? Chase that milestone there, Mr. Ovechkin. All right, folks, we'll be back with a lot of beautiful game stuff on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Trail in a Foxhole. Exciting stuff here. 
Woo, TCU making a late push. They were really on the rocks, but now things are getting kind of interesting. It's a one-score game. There's about eight minutes left. Flip around here real quick just to see what else we've got here before I start talking about the beautiful game life, seeing that there's a big match going on. Yeah. And, you know, big news, obviously, as, as we talk beautiful game life. Obviously, the United States... Going down, it was a very interesting week for them as far as this competition. You know, an amazing time so far in, in Qatar. Crazy World Cup and week two, gee whiz. Before I get to that, how about the Saudis apparently offering CR7 $300 million? Long of the chief, I was like AJ getting three hundred million dollars, but this once again, when it comes to the Saudis, they've got deep pockets. So to bring CR seven over there, if he's a money grabber, why the hell not? I think personally, he should come to MLS. And, but nobody's got pockets like that. I would not frown on him if he took three hundred million dollars. So okay, guitar week two, the howling has basically ceased. Like it normally does, right? Like with kneeling and all that kind of stuff in the NFL. Once the game started, as I was saying to my friend, friend of the show, Alec Ford, we haven't heard a peep about Kaepernick. Once the games start, same thing with the theater. Now, if there's something to be said about not wanting to get in trouble while you're away, <laughs> especially there, ask Brittany G about that. But then again, I just feel... As good as this World Cup has been, yeah, there's no need. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat a little crow here because I expected there would be more theater, political theater and activism. And now, granted, people are walking on eggshells as far as that goes, but we haven't seen it. And even the people that cry... Hold on. Whoa, I got something caught in my throat there. Even the people, I should say cry, but want to complain, and rightfully so, about the human rights abuses and other uh, prohibitive things going on within that country. But once the games start, nobody's complaining about no alcohol. Nobody's complaining about if you're unmarried, you can't get your freak on, or if you do, do it at peril. You're not having a damn thing about any of that. All we care about is who's going to make the round of 16, knockout round, the disappointments, so what do we got here? Well, first of all, we'll talk about, you know, the wrap of the USA England. What a moment that was. And what we had like between 15 and 20 million people viewed that. The biggest telecast in Fox history. We I mean, One of the biggest uh, viewerships for the United States men team ever. Fantastic there. It's wonderful. All the little scenes just here in Eugene. The people having watch parties. I know the match today. Pretty much every bar woke, opened up at 6 a.m. serving breakfast. Fortunately, come away a little bit disappointed. But let's, we'll get to that. So we have Argentina blasting El Trey. <laughs> and El Trey getting knocked out of the competition. Yeah. I mean, pretty much other than the U.S. making the round of 16, a very disappointing tournament for CONCACAF. Canada not even winning a match. Mexico going home early. Wow. Um, you know, USA, props to them. Uh, they, they defeat 
Iran 1-0. First time they've won away from American soil in how long? But, you know, what can you say, man? Um, they got to face the Netherlands today. What We were expecting something special. We didn't get that. It was there for the taking. And we'll get into it a little bit more in the next episode because I really haven't had time, you know, right? Everything's going on right now. It's hard to process all this stuff. But what I can tell you is that the chances were there. But when you're playing a clinical squad like the Netherlands and you don't take advantage and you make mistakes, not tracking back, you know, the play in the final third on both sides, they, they didn't get it done. They lose 3-1. They pulled it back to 2-1, and we had hope. But it wasn't their day. And let's face it, you're up against a very dangerous team. They're like unbeaten in their last 19 across all competitions as far as the Netherlands are concerned. So no reason to hate, no reason to call Greg out. Build on this. Come back 2026. You're on your turf, so that should help. But yeah, great showing, considering that we would have been happy of them just making the round 16 just two weeks ago. They can get out of the group stage, which they did. So, you know, England wins the group. Can't wait to deal with that monstrosity. You know, as I said about Mexico, they, you know, they appeared late, you know, but they only they have that late Saudi goal in their journey. Tata is done pretty much. As soon as that match was over, they were just like, oh, man, you need to get the hell out of here. You're the worst L tree coach ever. I mean, yeah. Um, L Tree, social media, particularly Twitter, salty. Have yourself hypertension on the spot how salty it was, but we'll leave it at that. Um, how about Messi missing that penalty? But yet, you know, it, you know, but it was Poland that ended up getting the big smile as Mr. Lewandowski and company squeaked their way into the knockout round. Belgium and Croatia played to a 0-0. Draw the number two ranked team in the world is on its way back home. And another guy, Mr. Martinez, he decides to step away. Said, okay, he's had up. Probably time for a new voice. Yeah, the disappointment, it's real. Case of Mexico and Belgium, USA, not so much. As much as I get irritated with Greg as well, I don't think he deserves that fate. He should be the man, unless, you know, we don't get the results in the next four years as far as the international friendlies and competitions are concerned. Um, Japan wins its group as they defeat Spain, and Germany fails to make the knockout round. Costa Rica, another CONCACAF failure on their way home, but at least they put up a good fight after getting boat raced early in the competition. A lot of wild scenes as Morocco wins its group. South Korea's in, Uruguay out. A lot of controversy there. Portugal wins the group, so the aforementioned CR7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Aussies send Denmark packing. That's kind of a shocker. The Swiss knocking out Serbia to claim the final spot. Man, I don't know how I go through all this stuff so fast compared to some of the other things take forever, but it's like a lot going on. So that's where we are right now. Let me see here if I can get... A little update here. Oh, okay. So Messi scored earlier, and now Argentina, as I'm in the other room watching this TCU game, has scored a second goal. So it's looking like they are going to move on, and it should be a 
barn burner of a matchup once when we see Argentina in the Netherlands in the next round. Messi up against those boys. Going to be a lot of fun. Woo. Okay. How about this one for numbers? The Galaxy facing heavy sanctions. MLS about to come down on them real hard. And my question is this. Like I always say about my alma mater, the Cal State Northridge Matadors, how they've gotten in trouble with the NCAA. Imagine that. I'm like, if you're going to get in trouble, at least have the results. The Galaxy haven't done squat, really, since LAFC came to the league in 2018. And yet you're getting sanctioned heavily and nothing to show for it. That's not how this is done. That's not how this is work. This is not how it works. This is not how any of it works. Supposed to work. You know that the saying goes. Okay, folks, that was a beautiful game life. We'll come back with a closer look as we wind this thing down. Alrighty, welcome back to Fox Trotting in a Foxhole, Season 5, Episode 6, number 134 overall. Okay, we've been away for a few hours. Like I said, it was Scooter Day. Friend of the show got a really nice scooter. Way nicer than mine as far as power goes. Kind of scary. And watching a lot of games. And so with a closer look, I don't know. We're going to try to break this up and do something different here because where we are in time as opposed to earlier warrants it. So what do we say first? TCU and USA basically leaking, leaving the stinky diaper. Where do we go from here? Can't wait for next episode. Uh, Michigan was struggling, and they're not quite out of the woods yet. So we'll be keeping an eye on that in the remainder of the podcast. Because if somehow they end up losing, we're going to have major chaos. Kind of interesting watching St. Nick and listening to his justification why they should be in the CFP. And I feel that at this point, with TCU and USC opening the door. Um, you know, there can be debate about some of the close calls they had, but the two losses they could have easily won. So, and their pedigree, which is why we're pushing, we're pushing for an expanded CFP for that very reason. That's why I've been saying from day one, it should happen 2023. And I'm hoping that the chaos that comes out of this weekend really pushes that forward. That's one thing we'll talk about. Okay. How about the SLRs, LBJ, Stephen A., Jerry Jones, and a world gone mad? It's kind of funny, LeBron, you know, once again, trying to deflect his own contradictions 
and kind of really what a shallow man he is. I mean, as, as a Laker fan, I've had his back. I really haven't been too critical of him on this podcast, but this is a moment where I am going to, where you're like, well, I didn't know anybody asks me about Jerry Jones, you know, and you asked me about Kyrie. I don't know how. It's a nuanced conversation, but I'm not going to be nuanced about it. Once again, now, this idea, and I know this is Emmanuel Acho as well. Well, just because a rich man empowers and enriches, in this case, African-Americans, we're talking athletes, what he did way back then. Do you really listen to yourselves? And it really comes down to this, and I'm hoping I can explain it in a very coherent way. All these affluent people, you know, ex-jocks or media journalists turned media personalities, you notice how they are always really indignant about these people who are richer on an upper class? Because, make no mistake, these asshats do not care about any of us who are on a lower shelf. They claim they speak for us, but you, you don't see them hanging out. You don't see them giving part of their wealth. And it's almost like STFU at this point when I hear them, you know, on this thing with Jerry. And I love how Jerry, you know, reached out or tried to comment and said, hey, I'd love to sit down with LeBron. Very classy response. Kid grew up in the South. I'm not saying, you know, if you can show me since 1957 overt racist acts that this man has been part of, I will gladly say it's another conversation. And yeah, you probably need to be canceled. But this nonsense of, wow, it died in the sports cycle. I was like watching Speak, and they're like, you know, it was mentioned, and it could have died. I think it needs to be talked about. What needs to be talked about? Especially you clowns. I mean, you are clowns, but I will give you this. In terms of expanding the debate, as far as reconciling that era with folks who were a part of it, who grew up and can, and can articulate, yeah, I'm all for that. But this idea, like, you, you know, the folks like the Jamel Hill saying he should be stripped of ownership, that is just completely asinine. Show me where Jerry Jones was a racist. And then, you know, the whole part of people who defended him, like calling Stephen A. a coon and all that. So... Somebody makes a coherent point, and already they're a sellout, a coon, or an Uncle Tom. Stop it. The SLRs, are, it's so nonsensical. And, I mean, you come after me, I don't care. I mean, I was woke before you all even knew what woke was before I stopped being woke. I'm just a level-minded person. You know, always be that way. I have always said, I'm down with, as a historian, anytime we can revisit history and enlighten ourselves and further the dialogue, more power to you. But when you go on these crusades, do you cancel somebody and it's more about, well, he's a rich man, he took advantage of his white privilege. Last time I checked, Jerry worked pretty hard 
to become an oil magnet, which allowed him to buy a football team. You know, the color of his skin may have helped somewhat, but at, at the same time, show me where this guy, and this idea like, well, their talent is not so much that he enriched a bunch of people of color. I'm like, he's created one of the better places that for people of any color that want to play for him. You know, when I, when I saw that crap Acho, He's like one of those guys who I who I would love to sit down with and sit there and go, dude, you're not the smartest guy in the room, and you got to play in the NFL, make a few dollars on FS1, and it's like you and that clown Joy Taylor. All of your rants are always against people who are more rich than you are. Ah. I don't know. I had to go and rant about this because watching this stuff on TV this week really made me irritated. Okay, going extended with this segment as well. Let me let me just quick, real quick, talk a lot more about this next week. But I would be remiss if I didn't say red, white, and blue, and what it meant to many about this World Cup. I told you earlier about the numbers, which were very staggering as far as the viewership. And just people getting excited. Of course, these folks will wilt away. But the fact that it's going to be here in four years and we have academies pumping out talent, it was a wonderful moment. Bittersweet. But we came in saying, can we get past the knockout round? Can we get past the group stage, excuse me? Can we get to the knockout round? They did that. They faced... A team, obviously, that its pedigree is a lot stronger than ours. And that's something that we can strive and be. And that's a wonderful thing. Kind of sound like Alexi Lawless a little bit. But it's a true thing. And we should take really good smiles out of what's happened here in the first two weeks. Yes, it's going to be a drag without the red, white, and blue and the remainder of this competition. But nonetheless... They left the footprint. And I'm going to tell you, they are going to be tough out in 2026 on their home soil where they don't lose too often. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is a great step forward. And it is a moment where you can't get too carried away because there was a they left a lot on the table as far as the, you know, the, the, the four matches they were in. So... Yeah, it, it, it's definitely a work that's unfinished. But it only looks to grow. And all you people who are like, Greg, out. Stop it already. Acting like we, we're we on the same level as the three Lions. Yeah, we played the England to a 0-0 tie. But no, we're working towards that. And at some point... In the next four years, I totally expect us to be on the same level as the Netherlands and in England. Keep up the good work, guys. No reason to hold your head down, but at the same time, don't go take it like, hey, we accomplished something. Because no, you knocked on the door and got in. Great start, but that's it. A lot more work to be done, and I expect in the next four years, it's going to get done. Can't wait for 2026. All right. We'll see you on the other side to get you out of here with some NFL report and some TMCA time.
Booyah! Okay, dangling into the evening now in the foxhole. Faithful host here, Ken Harlan. Lots going on on this spectacular sports Saturday over the course that I've recorded this podcast, which is kind of nice, kind of timing it so the content stays good. And we also have things to build on for episode 135 coming up next week. Um, yeah. Well, at least Michigan did us a favor. We don't have to worry about complete anarchy, which had they messed the bed and not taken care of the Boilermakers. We'll get deep in that next week once we know when the Final Four is. But Nick... Nick the Quick... Nick the Great Saint Nick... Well, yeah, he's sitting here laughing. I mean, I just don't see how Ohio State and Alabama aren't there. Lots of conversation. That's why all of us do the things that we do. Um, anything else before I get into the NFL report as we are about to embark on week 13 in the No Fun League? Well, you know, we always have to start out. I don't want to always start out that way, but... This particular case, a very somber note again. When if you grew up in my era, back in my formative years, and all of my peers and contemporaries and things like that, John Hadle, who obviously had great years in the AFL, but when I was able to watch him, he was in the Rams, grandfathered in, so we had that legendary 21, a great quarterback. And I say that. No doubt, based on what he did in the AFL and the NFL, later put with the pack. Anyways, another one of these people from the era that I grew up that is departed. And you know, it's always very somber and sad. Our condolences go out to the Halo family, Chargers, Rams, you know, all that stuff. Okay, I was saying earlier about the whole Sierra thing, right? And the birthday party. How about the meltdown with one of his, the guys in the defense just getting up in his grill and basically saying, you're a bust. I don't know where the Stonkos go here. I mean, do you go and bring a team in that's more suited to him and start getting rid of folks who are on board? Or do you find a way to like maybe make him somebody else's problem with that Albertos contract? Yeah. It's going to be a pretty interesting offseason, don't you think, as far as the Mile High City is concerned? I mean, there was something that I was thinking about. Speaking of the Mile High City, well, you know, right next to it, Boulder, one of my favorite places where a lot of my homies and homegirls reside and a wonderful place to see music. So Dion is going there. I was talking earlier about Dion on Dion. He is going to take the job at Colorado, and this is so fascinating. We'll probably dig in deep next week as far as what I think 
and what others, I'm curious to, to get some data points. I know that I'm always using that program as a whipping post because I go there a lot, seeing the potential, but I also see the apathy and, you know, that it, you know, you're just pouring money to exist. And I do feel that if he's successful there, the ceiling, you know, the, there is no ceiling. This guy, I mean, you know, stress versus the limit as far as what kind of coaching opportunities will present itself after that, you know, in that sort of hardball kind of way. Yeah, good stuff there. Okay. Well, let's get cranking here. Um, you know, I was talking about the Russ meltdown. Panthers getting a win, right? And, you know, what? It, what it, so it means we won't be smoking the Baker Bowl anytime soon, I have a feeling. Where does Baker end up from here? I don't know. I really don't know. I, it, so many intriguing questions are, st are, are already cropping up, and, you know, we've got what? Five, six weeks left of the season. Okay. How about Mr. Jacobs in the Las Vegas Raiders getting an overtime win? 300 yard, total yards, the 86-yard walk-off touchdown in overtime. 86 yards. When you saw it in real time, you're just like, dang. Is it too little too late when it comes to the Las Vegas Raiders? Probably. But as they like to say next door, so you're saying there's a chance? Perhaps there is. Um, you know, short-headed Bengals getting their act together. That was a huge win in Nashville. They have a bigger game coming up this week. All eyes will be there. Um, Dougie P goes for two. And Trevor Lawrence is starting to look like, yeah, I'm as good as advertised. Huge win. Very signature win. Beating the Ravens. You know, lots of big ballsy stuff. So let me say this. I don't necessarily always agree going for two. But if you know you can get it and you can get the hell out of there, I can live with that a hell of a lot more than going for it on your freaking 30 when there's so much risk and possibly very little reward. Yeah, okay. Another big week as well for Jalen Hurts. 153 yards rushing. Phillies 10-1. And, and should we concede that they're the best team in the NFC East? Hell no. We shouldn't concede anything when it comes to that. Very wide open. You know, Niners, Cowboys. Yeah. You know, Aaron Rodgers, again, he's injured. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. Um... You know, Jordan Love got some snaps. We got a snapshot. I don't really know what that means. I know that a lot of folks are talking about shutting A-Raj down, and he's actually open to it. Hell, I'm getting paid, sure. Why the hell not? This is folly, and I can decide whether or not if I want to be Brett Favre and dangle. Maybe get moved. But yeah, if he's banged up, there's no sense... You know, especially if they are on a, you know, a, a, a freight train to Siberia as far as their postseason hopes are concerned. You know, so if he shuts it down, no problem there. <coughs> this NFC tried, I can't, I don't know what to say about this. 
You all know I'm a huge fan. You all know I ride and die with that Washington club, whether it be the R word, the football team, or the Commanders, or the Braves as they were long, long ago when they were in Boston back in the early 30s. This is the 90th year. They are 6-1 in their last seven. The best, you know, hottest team. Nobody gives them respect, nor do they deserve respect. They're getting it done in a lot of ways. That defense is balling. And this matchup with the Giants uh, at MetLife is going to be very epic tomorrow. But yeah, um, you know, a lot of things to unpack here. The Sean Taylor Memorial. Good grief. I didn't even know where to go there. I should have actually had that in T. Um, you know, and you know, ACL time, of course, for luck. You know, I, I've been a fan of the Washington franchise since, you know, 69. Yeah, I know, dating myself here. And I've seen good, bad, ugly, and the indescribable. And this guy's always had me in a weird situation because. You know, I know he's an inspiration to a whole generation of Wabi DB safeties who bring it. And he brought it. And I get where he's lying, but like with this fan base over there, when the, it's like, you know, he's Bill Russell and Jackie Robinson and all, and all these other greats rolled into one in terms of the reverence. And I know it was a big shadow over that franchise for a long time. And it's passing. But, you know, this, the, it wasn't a, a statue. They never said it was. It's like this memorial, which kind of looked, you know, you know, new artsy thing. And the fan base of all these other people come down the commanders when they make mistakes. But when it came to this, I just thought the outrage was just, you know, so over the top. It's just, okay, folks, can we be happy they've won six out of seven and are in a playoff spot? And if they hold it together, this may be one of the better seasons. That but no, these people have to just be so quirky and bitter and complaining about everything. Like, there was this big conference, because, you know, this kind of a mannequin. I, I, it's hard for me to even describe. I mean, I almost like kind of postmodern. People complaining that, well, it's a Nike jersey, and he put in the Reebok era. And then, you know, well, there were soccer cleats. What the hell is that all about? Hey, asshats, he wore soccer cleats. And guess what? His daughter and the family like it. So people... Stop hating. Enjoy the wins. Yeah, I know it's a toxic franchise, but there has to be some joy out of it or stop rooting. Okay, I had to get that off of my chest. Being a fan, also trying to be impartial and giving folks some insight into the insanity that goes on over there. Um, okay. What's the make of Marcus Moriota, who was on the losing end of that game, it's one of those, I was fascinated, because obviously he's still agile. He still has an arm. Showed a lot of the things that, you know, got made him a high draft pick, a Heisman winner here, you know, when he put the University of Oregon. But, you know, it's just one of those things 
where if you watch the games, they show all the Herbert and Mariota games locally as the as the the Homerism in this market. Yeah. I've just gotten over it and last week I was a beneficiary and it was kinda of good for me to actually watch a whole game. And I said there's some seven and nine, eight and eight at best about what I keep seeing from this cat, even though his skill set is still pretty sharp. You agree, disagree, FTINFX at gmail.com. Another one of these segments where it's just rocking along. There was so much good stuff to happen. Um, when it comes to the missile, the M-missile in that other New York team on the Dirty Boulevard, yeah, you know, he comes in and achieves what Zach Wilson, the missile, couldn't achieve. The Jets come to life. Bears had no Justin Fields, so. But as you know, take it as for what it will be, so they get a W and they stay viable. And I don't know how they're going to solve the Mr. Wilson crisis, especially if this guy can continue. I don't think he's going to have as good of a game. But like the situation that I was just talking about in D.C. with Mr. Taylor Henneke, just get those W's. So, cool. Um, San Francisco did enough. Not really impressive, but when you've got everything they've got going on, a shutout's a shutout, right? Am I sold on them yet? No, I'm not. There is a little flaw here or there, and I don't think it's just Jimmy G. Time will tell. But yes, everybody else is still, oh, hearts, 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 when it comes to them being the cream of the crop in the NFC. Okay, the Rams, whatever, okay? You know, the Chiefs, they did what they had to. They're 9-2. They kept the engine purring. And in a, we're a year of woe, Mr. Aaron Donald's going to the IR. Come on. Shut the guy down. Shut all your key players down and just say, enjoy the enjoy the, the being champions for as long as you can until it's taken away from you. And come back next year with a, with, with a hardcore focus. Be smart in the front office as far as plugging the holes, even though you've mortgaged a big part of your future to get that one ring. But I do feel we haven't heard the last of them. They just need to come back and lick their wounds and probably shut some of these people down and just do the prudent thing. It'll be very curious to see if Mr. McVeigh, that Amazon money's still out there. They'd love to have you. Jeff Saturday in the time management situation. Hmm. And then, you know, the Steelers. Can Tomlin pull that George Allen thing that I am always talking about? Never, ever having a non-500 season. Well, they got a big start there. Bad clock management. I think the jury's still out. Colts could have won that game. And I don't know. I don't think the Colts or Steelers are very good football teams, but they are teams, given their situations, can stack together some wins, and we'll see where we are here in about three or four more weeks. Um, you know, the Bills team, the Patriots, yeah, I mean, the Bills are just a better team. Kind of interested to see Mac Jones kind of telling Matt Patricia, your offense sucks. This whole thing stinks. 
Well, I believe the offense sucks, but I also don't think you're that good either. And, you know, I don't, I always hate to think when people try to, like, hang the whole Brady situation and, you know, about how, yeah, we see who was the genius. Stop it. When you see how, how, how putrid Tampa Bay is right now, right? They couldn't even get, losing to the Browns, who were about to get Mr. Watson back, overtime loss. But, yeah, stop this nonsense. You know, as far as this whole, you know, who made who. They they both made each other. And right now, it, you know, I'm not going to say it's completely sour. But, you know, it's a, right, you know how you get that cold Pepsi and you forget about it and it's like watered down? Yeah. You know. Um, Good grief. What is this whole thing with Kyler Murray and, and Mr. Patterson beefing? You know, Patterson, you know, calling him out, basically just saying he's a me-first narcissist and kind of walking it back, kind of saying, but yeah, he is still a fucking dick. Oh, did I say, we're not saying because that vulgar. But yeah, that whole thing, I don't know whether there, there's something legit there as far as we already know the problems with Kyler and where his mind may be. But I just feel the way these two are going about it, it just seems like the hen circle is right at full throttle. All right. Let's get the heck out of here with some TMCA time. You know, when we give the stainless steel bowls of the smelliest varieties that come in complimentary, regular, and XL sizes. Let's start off with OBJ, shall we? He's going to get a regular. Come on, dude. You're about to pick. You get paid. You can't be all passed out on whatever. Zanny bars, alcohol, who knows? Not a good look. But, of course, since there are no worlds in sports, people will look the other way and cite you if you, they think you can be the cow. So the Cowboys are saying that. And Jerry even came out and said that the incident will have no bearing on our determination if he is signed. But come on, man. You're about to make mad stacks. Why would you do something asinine like that to possibly put it in jeopardy? Um, I said it earlier with the whole thing with Canelo and his beef with Messi. I mean, what? Messi's shorter than I am, man. What are you going to do with if you sock? I mean, right? You, you should be tied to a chair and beat with still bats if that's, you know, right? You're going to go hang up and kill him. Stop. If you're going to come after and beat up everybody's hero, the, the great Leo Messi, stop it, Canelo. Oh, I'm just, I get you want to, like, flex. But come on, man. Um, I usually try to stay away from these, but this this is a triple XL to me. Uh, Florida's Jalen Kitna, John Kitna's son, you know, getting busted on some really bad stuff and just kind of ruining his life. Like, what the hell were you thinking? You get, you know, three XLs, man. Especially, I don't even want to get into what, you know, he's accused of. Wait for a little more information as far as, but it's not good. 
you know, that your people around you, your dad, the NFL guy, your mom's involved in the <sighs> Yeah. I'm going to give a XL to the USF, the USSF, United States Soccer Federation, for giving Iran bulletin board material ahead of Tuesday, of last Tuesday's pivotal matchup. You know, yeah. Stay out of that sort of stuff and focus on the competitions. I'm not saying shut up and dribble, but that controversial stuff that's kind of out of your hands, right? Reform FIFA before getting into the uh, political waters that, you know, an event like this causes. Um, good grief. This boy ain't right. I mean, I guess last week and every week I bring him up. Gotta build a whole wing for this Antonio Brown. You know, trolling Tampa. Okay, they're having a rough time this year. Well, they're still gonna win the division. What are you doing? You're on the, you got a warrant out for you on the verge of somebody probably coming out and putting you and all of the rest of us, uh, you know, from you. It's just delivering us from the misery that you are. Ah, okay. I'm going to give a complimentary to Sarah Spade. Yeah, that's Sarah Spade. After the U.S. qualified, instead of actually doing the right thing and giving the boys their due. Why she talk about the equal pay and how much revenue that's going to bring into the women's team? The women have had their moments more so than the men in the last decade. Can you stop being woke for two seconds and just acknowledge the moment? Plenty of other time to acknowledge what this fair play pay thing will do. Man, I haven't had that many adult beverages for how much difficulty getting the words out. Bear with me as always. We're getting through this. <laughs> no second take over here. But yeah, come on, Sarah Spain. Be better than that. Yeah, you know, I, it's a valid point and it is going to be good. So I know that's why you're only going to get complimentary. But it's just plenty of time over the course of your appearances around the horn to sort of drop that point. That's something you probably could have dropped when reality gives you one of those cheap wins when he's up being on the whole woke thing. Um, I'm going to give complimentaries to all in the Pac-12 hierarchy. I'm going to spare Oregon State, but I'm going to give the Pac-12 for not taking crowd control serious enough. I've been, I screamed about it earlier, screaming about it now. Somebody's going to get hurt if you can't handle the post-game madness in some same way to get everybody, the opposing team, off the field. I don't think it's rocket science. And then we'll close with this one. The Charger fans who threw another fan off of a pedestrian bridge? Man, the thuggish stuff is getting really bad. Why are you going to the game with that kind of ill intent in your heart, people? Stop it! All right. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for tuning in. Tell your friends. I keep telling you it's going to get better, and it will. Great time of the year. There's been a lot of stuff to talk about. 
just based on what happened today, next week. So look out for number 135. It's going to be rocking. Till then, stay safe. COVID's still out there. The holiday madness. Enjoy a few adult beverages while you're at it. And enjoy NFL Sunday and another beautiful day of World Cup. I'll see you in about six or seven days. Peace out. 